0: this is mish hancock and you are listening to mishmash a place where i get to talk to the weird wacky wonderful people of this world people i adore and want to know more about today my guest is david rowan he is the vice president of organizational consulting at psychological associates he is a licensed psychologist who assists companies and individuals with identifying areas for growth to maximize corporate productivity and performance. Hello, David.
1: Good morning, Mish.
0: Well, this sounds like a very, very interesting thing that you do. You're helping out these individuals, you're helping out these companies. I mean, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, um, well, I, I do think it's interesting and I enjoy my work every day um, because I, I do get to do a variety of activities. Um, so, organizational psychology or organizational psychologists, we think about the people element of the workplace. Um, and so, rather than focusing, you know, an engineer would focus on the production line of whatever you're building, the accountant would focus on adding up all the numbers, you know, of the accounts payable, accounts receivable. Well, organizational psychologists think about the people working in the business. What skills do they need to be successful? What are the dynamics of teams? And, and what is it about some teams that they perform very well and other teams may struggle? Um, what is it about leaders that makes them successful? Or where might leaders struggle? And so what we do is we come into organizations, we help them think about their skills and abilities uh, with people, mm-hmm. um, and then we help them improve uh, in the areas where maybe they need to grow or develop.
0: So, and, I mean, this seems very <clears throat> healthy. This seems like a very good idea for corporations to do. Sure. You know, I mean, and and so when you're looking at a team of people, you're, you're also thinking, okay, you know, is this person in the right seat? Mm-hmm. Do they have the skills needed for this particular seat, or would they be better over there, or mm-hmm. do they need to develop certain skills? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, leadership is such an important thing, and it's something we all talk about so much. You know, are you a leader? What does your leadership look like? When you're looking at leaders, I guess, what kind of qualities are you looking for?
1: That's a great question, by the way. And, you know, it, it, leadership is a funny thing because. In our lives, uh, you can probably think of, off the top of your head, a few people who've been your leader mm-hmm. and a few who you think, oops. How, <laughs> you know, how is they, that person
0: a leader? <laughs> yeah. We've, we've all had that experience.
1: And maybe it was back when we were teenagers and mm-hmm. we had our first job working, I don't know, scooping ice cream or you know being a lifeguard or whatever your first job was. And you had that leader and you thought, well, Let's just say they were imperfect as a leader, but then we also know, and I'm sure in your experience you've seen this happen, we've seen leaders who are just wonderful.
0: Amazing, yeah.
1: And they bring out the best in you, mm-hmm. they model professionalism, they have passion, they have deep knowledge, um, and they help you excel.
0: Yes. Right?
1: Yes. And they help the whole team excel. Right. And. One thing I think it's important to remember is there is no one single sort of cookie cutter idea of the perfect leader. I I do think that different situations call for slightly different styles of leadership. Mm -hmm. I think that different moments in the life of an organization call for different approaches to leadership. And I think each of us as individuals might go through cycles, uh, uh, sort of the employee life cycle, if you will. Everything from onboarding to getting really deep in your job to then maybe wanting to be promoted into the next job. Exactly. We we all kind of need different types of leadership. Um, But I do think you can look at a few commonalities when it comes to great leaders. Now, we have a model of leadership at Psychological Associates, where I work, and we call it Q4 leadership. Okay. And if you can imagine in your mind a two-dimensional model with a vertical axis and a horizontal axis, they bisect each other. Yep. Okay. The vertical axis we call the task continuum. The higher you are on that continuum, the more focused you are on getting results for your functional area. If you're in accounting, it's getting all the numbers right and delivering them on time. Right. If you're in manufacturing, it's delivering the product to the highest level of quality with the least amount of manufacturing scrap, right? Whatever the case may be. So part of leadership is that focus on results and getting the job done. But then there's the horizontal axis. We call that the people continuum. And we know that the more you only pay attention to yourself right, the more you, you're sort of focused on, I care about my career, I care about what I'm all about, I care about you know, who I am and what I, the rewards I get from work, um, you know, you're not going to be as strong a leader. Right. As opposed to on the other side of the spectrum, the more you you think about the people you lead. What resources do they need to be successful? What communication will help them understand clearly what needs to be done? Are they prioritizing properly? Are they growing in their career? Are they happy and joyful with what they do? Right. Um, and so this, this creates this, this bisection of these two continuum create four quadrants. And there's that upper left-hand quadrant. We call that Q1 leadership where the person's very driven and really wants to get results. But they they do it from a place more of their own personal right. agenda. We've all seen that leader.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not the best leader. <clears throat> That's the leader that doesn't, that you're like, I am invisible.
1: <laughs> well, either I am invisible or they just, they pound they the keep, table yeah, yeah. and they drive, drive, drive.
0: They're like, yelling is the way to, I'm going to get it, you to do things. Mish, <laughs>
1: exactly. Sometimes it's yelling. Sometimes we talk about the smiling Q1 where they're smiling at you, but the tone and the energy is demand, demand, demand with very little positivity, very little reward, always pushing for more. And, and we say sometimes that these are the leaders who, they churn people.
0: Yes. They,
1: it's, you work yeah. with them for a little while. maybe are like, I got to get out of here. You do maybe some, some pretty special things, but at what cost to the people side of, of work? Right. Now- we have what we call the below-the-line, too. And in the lower-left quadrant, we have people have Q2 leadership style. And so they're lower on the task continuum, and they're also lower on the people continuum. So they're a bit avoidant. They don't want to maybe jump out there and do something risky. Right. They're going to play by the book. And, you know, maybe you say they're, they're kind of playing it safe, but are they really helping you advance your career? Are they challenging you? Do you go home from work and say, well— I checked all the boxes today, but I don't feel the sense of fulfillment or directionality in my career.
0: Yeah, I mean that that <clears throat> because a leader has to be a bit of that have that entrepreneurial spirit of yeah. being a risk taker. Sure, you know, I mean, not like crazy overboard risky, but be able to take some sort of as best as you can do calculated risk. Right? It's,
1: yeah, that Mish, that's exactly right. So then you move over to the lower right-hand quadrant, and there you have what we call the Q3 leader, who is happy and cheerful and buoyant and <laughs> ecstatic and <laughs> all those great words you can think of, right, fun, right? doesn't, though, confront tough things. Mm. You know, there are tough things in every business. Yes. Difficult decisions that need to be made with limited resources. Right. Right. What's our priority? Where are we going to go next? What market are we going to go into? What product are we going to support? Where are we going to invest in research and development? And it's only natural that we talk through conflict, the sales team might want one thing. Right. The manufacturing leaders might want something different, you know. The the chief financial officer maybe say we've got to cut costs, you know. Right. Everybody's got their priorities. Exactly. And a great leader can help people have those discussions in a productive way. Well, that person with those Q3 behaviors will, will just want harmony. Just want to gloss over, let's not deal with that problem today. Let's take our client out to lunch. Let's uh, all yes. celebrate the good things. Right. And we've seen leaders who use that behavior. Right. And it can feel good.
0: They're they're fun to hang out with.
1: Yes, but it can stall out. But they're not moving the needle. Yeah. Because every organization does have a mission mm-hmm. and a vision. Right. And the reason why you work for that organization, well, we all work for a paycheck, of course. Right. We also tend to join organizations that are doing things that we're curious about, that enliven us, that get us excited to get up in the morning and go do something good in the world, right? Whether it's medicine or, you know, if you're a social worker or, or if you're an engineer and you love to design iPhones, you know, that's, you're excited to go to work to bring this great product to the marketplace right. that will make people's lives better. And you want a leader who can help you stay focused on that mission, not a leader who avoids the tough stuff. Right. So finally, we have what we call the Q4 leadership behavior. This is
0: our superstar.
1: That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> what, but here's the thing, Mish,
1: everyone can do it. And we really I believe agree. that. Yeah.
0: I agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, we, we think of, of leadership as a learned behavior, not a personality trait. Mm-hmm. You can be an, an introverted person and a phenomenal leader. You can right. be an extroverted person and a phenomenal leader. You know, whatever personality traits you have, you can learn to do the things that great leaders do by studying them. Right. Watching how they operate, You know, um, being very careful observer of yourself. And then taking that self-awareness and turning it into your own effective approach to leadership by focusing on results and focusing on people at the same time.
0: And, you know, I mean, I have to think that the awesome thing about the superstar leader is they're confident enough that they don't feel threatened by People that are working for them that they want yes. to see the best in the people that are working for them, and like when you go into these organizations, I mean, I'm going to guess part of it is surveying people mm-hmm. to kind of get a feel for what's going on. What do you like? Not like. What do you? <clears throat> what do you see? You know, your growth is. Where do you feel stagnant? Like you're asking them all these questions, right? Mm-hmm. In, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we, we do assessment in a bunch of different ways, um, organizational psychologists. Also, we think about our our unit of measurement, if you will, right? Sort of, are we thinking of the organization as a whole and examining the culture of the organization, the style of leadership that, that folks uh, tend to be promoted for showing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every organization is going to have its culture. So we we may assess the organization itself, and then we may do an intervention at the organizational level by say, training all of the managers at a certain level of the organization or doing team interventions with all of the teams at a, a, the highest level of the organization. Uh, we may do a mission vision values exercise where we try to help people align around that and, and have these shared values so they all can drive towards a common culture that they wanna have. Right. But sometimes we look at individuals uh, organizations come to us and say hey we've we've got some leaders who need to grow and develop their skills they're they're new to their role the, the landscape of our business has changed so much. They need to adapt. And they say, we want you to work with these specific individuals. And so then we'll do an individual level assessment. Oh, cool. Yeah, All right. Right. Yeah. So we can, our, our lens can either be, we can pull it back and look broadly at the whole organization, or we can get a microscope out and and look very carefully at a few individuals.
0: So how, you know, um, I, for example, with my marketing company, you know, we, we brush up against a lot of different types of businesses, both the solopren- solopreneur, small businesses, all the way up to larger businesses. And um, I have to say that there have been a few times with a larger business that that we are like, oof, we, we, let's not hang out here, you know, because we notice toxic behavior. You know, we could we talk to one set of people and then they are saying terrible things about the other set of people right in front of you. You know, then you talk to the other people and they're saying terrible and you're like... This is just yucky, and, and and honestly, from a marketing standpoint, it's I'm not going to get very far with these folks because they're not playing on the same team, and you, you the marketing. Believe me, we will get thrown under the bus at some point. Like we'll be blamed for something because it's just it's happened enough times. I've thought I recognize it now when I think this is not going to work out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, as an outsider looking in, or let's say I work. For a, someone works for corporations, they're like, we are really yucky. Like this, this is icky, and we shouldn't be this way. How would you suggest that they talk about psychological associates? Maybe mm-hmm. something we should look at.
1: So, another great question. And so, I would say, in my experience, I've been so fortunate that we've had clients come to us. Um, who are already wonderful. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? really awesome. Yeah. Which is fantastic. I would be
0: sending you some really messy ones.
1: <laughs> so, and, and what they're saying is we want to go from good to great. And it's nice. about refinement and mm-hmm. uh, kind of what's that next step in our journey. And so we've got lots of clients who come with many, many strengths and individuals who, as I was saying before, have have many individual strengths, as well as those Maybe a rough edge here or there that needs to be softened or a particular communication skill they really want to excel at. Right. Um, Of course, though, as you have said, of course, we are also contacted by, you know, that HR person who says, hey, I I come into this organization and I, I – want it to be the best it can be. And there's lots of wonderful people here. And we've gotten into some bad habits with each other. Right. And organizationally, individually, some of our leaders have fallen into bad habits. It could be for so many different reasons. I mean, we all know how stressful COVID was.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: The world turned upside down overnight. And uh, organizations had to adjust and adapt rapidly. And unfortunately... Um, some people who had been in positions that they adored, working with people they cherished working with, um, found themselves unemployed, trying to find some other opportunity. so many difficult things happened. Um, and under those kinds of stressful circumstances, just like individuals, when put under stress, maybe we don't show our best self organizations then don't show their best self. So when when we have folks coming to us and saying, ah, something's not working in my organization. The culture is just collapsing. Um, We, of course, want to help. And so we sit down and we say, well, let's learn first. Mm -hmm. So it's always discovery. Exactly. It always starts with, let's get a lay of the land. Let's see what's the history, what's the context has it always been this way? Typically, no, it hasn't always been that way. Right. So there have been right. some precipitating circumstances. Yes, exactly. Yeah, some challenges. And then uh, by having those conversations and building those relationships and getting to, to understand the struggles that they're facing – that gives us an opportunity to become what we call thought partner. We've all heard that expression. Right, right. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And that's what we want to be. We want to be a thought partner because, you know, I'll be honest with you, we can do a number of things. So we've got uh, a bunch of psychologists who are consultants, uh, and we're good at people skills. We know people. That's exactly. our whole thing. Yeah. But we don't know accounting. Uh, and so we may get into this organization and help them discover that they need some technical expertise in yeah. certain areas, or maybe they need some, you know, finance and banking advice, or you know, because they're trying to secure capital. And, and we go, whoa, that's not us, but we know some people yeah. who are really we good. Yeah, we can at refer
0: that. you people that yeah. can help you on this end.
1: So it starts with discovery, and then it turns into, well, where do we start? You may start with us because maybe we could help relieve some of those pain points and stressors by helping teams talk through their conflict in a healthy way and establish really great team interaction behaviors. Right, We could do that but maybe there's another place your business needs to start because that's the pain point that's the stressor that's causing all of these vicious cycles to occur in all of these relationships and so maybe start there and then bring us in to help alongside because you just you never know what might have caused that rupture
0: right exactly yeah. it's yeah it's a little detective work you got going yeah, on there yeah
1: absolutely
0: so tell people where they can find out more about psychological associates
1: oh sure well we of course uh are on linkedin um psychological associates we are on we have a, our website psychological, it's q 4 uh, uh, com. okay um and of course you can contact me if you're curious i'm david We're rowan on linkedin, LinkedIn. yeah yep, absolutely look me up and uh, friend me, follow me, link connect with me. So I'd be happy to to talk with folks more about what we do and um and get into more details. I know I I feel as if I've been a little a little big picture vague with some of my descriptions. So no, I mean it's good though. Yeah. It gives
0: everybody a sense, but I'm gonna make you get a little with my first question. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Cause sure. I have my
0: question, my my yeah. fun more fun questions. But this one I really think is um kind of a a smaller more call to action you know i people can do this but if, if if somebody came to you and said you know i love where i work but there is now this culture of complaining mm-hmm. you know the people the the let's all gather around and so t- t- and so said it oh my gosh they'd make me create like what would what kind of advice would you give to that particular individual about the complaining culture that has developed developed over the years.
1: Well, again, it, I love the questions you're asking. That's a, a good one and, and certainly one I've heard before. So, you know, there is something about venting that can be helpful and healthy.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it, we also all know when it is no longer healthy and helpful and when it turns over into, well... This is the third, the fourth, the fifth time. Gossipy. and Yeah. That you've been venting to me about the same issue with the same person or the same team that you interact with, and you, that team never delivers for you for, for who knows what reasons, and you speculate and wonder, but you don't ever address. Right. And And so one way to turn a venting conversation into something that's a little bit more helpful and action-oriented is first just to acknowledge the kind of conversation you're having. Hey, you know, it's, it's great that you feel so comfortable with me that you want to come and share with me the struggles you're having. And that's tough. That sounds awful. I'm sorry that you're. this is, this is really a difficult situation. And you're venting and you're kind of airing it out because you don't have an immediate solution. Mm-hmm. I get that. You're a smart adult. You would, if you had a solution, you would do it. Right. And it would be solved and you wouldn't be <laughs> venting anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you can have a, a moment with that person. Yeah. Well, of course. If I knew how to fix it, I would have fixed it. Right. And you say, well, I really want to be helpful to you. Uh, and so, I, but I don't want to be presumptuous. Right. Do you did you just want to vent and now you're going to go off and solve it yourself and talk to the person or the team and, and figure it out with you and your boss and whomever, or or did you actually want to go to the next part of the conversation with me and did you want to brainstorm a little, I may have some thoughts, I may have some ideas, uh, you know maybe we could come up with a pathway forward for you, but I, again I don't want to be presumptuous, so you tell me what what are you hoping to get from this?
0: That's awesome. That's great, right? Because then you're you're. You are going to the helpful thing, yeah. and and addressing it right. I mean, that's awesome. Thank you. I oh, like, sure. That yeah. was a very good answer, David. Oh, good. <laughs> you must all be right. a professional at this. <laughs> a, psychologists, we know a thing or two. <laughs> all right, next is more fun. I understand you're a soccer fan. I am. So, I'm going to guess you've seen a St. Louis City soccer I game. I have
1: seen all of them.
0: <gasps> Who is your favorite player, and why?
1: Well. Uh, so I was sad because uh, my favorite player at the beginning of the season was Klaus. Mm. Uh, and he is hes a uh, forward. He plays, you know, uh, up front, scores goals. Uh, but he also moves so well around the field. He comes back on defense. He comes back to help the midfield. But he was injured, and it's been, gosh, Four, five weeks now oh, I think no, he's been out Krauss. I know so then I said well I'm gonna start watching uh, Edu Lumen or uh, Edward Lumen okay um, and it's also so impressed with him uh, I gotta tell you I, we could be here for a while because I could name <laughs> I like Bloom uh, I like Berkey the bowl, uh the goalkeeper uh, I, I like Stroud uh, on the outside so it's there's a lot of fun players a lot of great energy um, and I From my opinion, uh, I think the ownership and management have done a great job uh, getting uh, energetic, um, skilled players who are surprising all of us with how well they're doing
0: how fun for our city right it's so fun i live very close to the stadium and just watching it go up i was like and i still haven't been i gotta go Uh, and and, and just to even just walk outside of it is just gorgeous but yeah i'm excited for us oh well cool thank you yeah i know who to watch now when i go
1: yeah and and you should the energy inside the stadium is fantastic the supporters are singing and playing drums. And it's a, it's a wonderful, eclectic group of people. They've got Santos and Fleur de Noyes and uh, St. Louis City Punks and oh, uh, No Nap City Ultras just really cool people
0: oh yay all right yeah. i'm gonna have to go i might oh, have to call you
1: and i can't forget to mention the originals uh the city the st Louisans. the, the oh, original right. yeah, yeah, yeah
0: yeah 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 they've been around for a while yeah
1: oh they go way back to um soccer park uh and the uh the minor league team yeah yeah
0: really yeah. The, yay right. so. that okay i'm gonna have to go yeah. um then this podcast is all about kindness, and you know, I mean, I feel blessed that I'm so surrounded by kind people everywhere. And what Psychological Associations is, is associates is doing for these individuals and corporations, I mean, this is kindness. Mm-hmm. That's at the core. Like, let's help you just be better everywhere. Um, share with us something that you either received or witnessed or gave is around kindness.
1: You know, Actually, one of my favorite sayings, and I have to give credit where credit's due, is from Brene Brown. And she has that wonderful quote. I'm sure you know what I'm going to say next, she's right? A, she's a TED speaker. She's fantastic. She's the best, right? I, I borrow from, from people who are brilliant. Um, and she says, uh, you know, unclear is unkind. And mm. um, she goes on to explain that sometimes the kindest thing you can do in a relationship is speak a truth that maybe is a little uncomfortable to say right. or requires you to be a little vulnerable to put yourself out there and and say, you know, there's something you should be aware of that you may not be aware of. And I think your life would be better if you had that self-awareness and if you tackled that challenge and you shifted some of your behaviors. And boy, the courage it takes to say things like that um, and then the positive impact it can have, uh, I've seen, so I, I do coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. That's one
1: of the things that we do, executive right. coaching. And I've seen the impact of, of informing someone of something that was a bit of a blind spot for them and how it just opens up a whole new world of possibility. They They realize, oh, gosh, my intention was never to be that boss who did not fully appreciate the contribution of my Employees,
0: right? But
1: now that I see they are feeling undervalued, now I can properly value them, and now they can blossom, and now they can grow, and they can really spread their wings. Lots of mixed metaphors there, but, no, but you, know you know what? what I'm but saying? that's fantastic, yeah. and it's
0: and it's amazing yeah. because. Um, you know it can totally transform a relationship and i think even opening that door you know saying to the people that you work with look if i have a blind spot let me know mm-hmm. that's my growth too i have to know and and the vulnerability thing you know the thing that i share with people a lot is that when you're vulnerable you don't feel weak it actually you look really strong To others when you're vulnerable, Mm -hmm. because you are willing to talk about something that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and and you're willing to transform it. Mm -hmm. And that is such an amazing part of a relationship that's going to grow and Mm -hmm. not just stagnate and just, you know, everybody doing the, I, I remember my mom and dad had a friend that would always say, well, he should just know when she was upset at something her husband he, he should just know mm-hmm. um, and I and I remember my mom saying and I told her he you have to tell him mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I yeah. mean you have to right yeah. you know, because if he should just know is something that yeah. is a recurring theme then maybe he doesn't know and right. something needs to be said yeah. right That's so
1: exactly right. don't
0: just yeah. assume the person knows what's going on like yeah bring it in. and it's it's interesting when you do cuz you bring something up to someone and they get that spark like you know and i've done the same i've been like oh my god oh i totally see how you would have thought that okay thank you i'm going to work on this this is something that's really important for our relationship of course i'm going to work on it yeah. and and that's just that's a beautiful thing
1: yeah, I, and I'll say, so that was a, something shared with me uh, earlier on in my career. And this may sound like the smallest little thing, but I ask compound questions. I, I didn't really notice it until someone pointed it out, a, a supervisor of mine. And I realized it's so confusing for the other person. Oh, interesting. They don't know which question to answer. Right. Right, you know. Uh, and so it's something I, I still occasionally will do it. Um, but I try very carefully to ask uh, an open question that doesn't assume an answer, or push them in a direction, right? And and try just ask one question at a time, right? I try. I don't always succeed, but I try.
0: I think you did today. Oh, I good. wasn't confused by anything. Oh, good. All <laughs> right. yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I very much appreciate it. Of course, I love what Psychological Associates does. I mean. And Rochelle, our buddy Rochelle Brandbein brought you to me. She's amazing. We love her.
1: I agree completely.
0: Miss Pickleball.
1: Yeah, right. She
0: is so pickleball.
1: I will have to get out on the court sometime with her.
0: I don't know. I think she's fierce.
1: She would probably be me, but that's okay. (laughs) You get better by playing people who are good. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate the opportunity, and I, I always enjoy talking about what I do. So anybody who's listening who wants to call me, Please feel free to reach out.
0: I love it. Thank yeah. you, David. And for everyone out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. So if you ha- if your organization is looking to grow and be more amazing, you know where to go. Give David a call. Thank you all. Go out and be kind. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.